mortgages can be a dry subject. So here's your oasis in the desert. It's the podcast that will get you talking and thinking, or more likely drinking. The Lennon to his McCartney, the Burt to his Ernie. It's the one and only Mortgage Stew and his sidekick Martin at the LM Experience. Hi there, welcome to the LM Experience. Today, Martin, is episode 69. We'll uh, skip that and move directly on to our, <laughs> to our uh, esteemed guest. We've got some financial planning royalty here, his words, not mine. We've got David Penny, a chartered financial planner and director of Penny, Ruddy and Winter. Have I got that right? Yep. Welcome, David. Hello. And also, David actually is one of my oldest followers on Twitter, for which I should apologise to him. Well, to be honest, away. by now, you... Yes, yeah. ex-follower. Um, and I, uh, the reason why I thought it would be good to have David to come on today is that out of the um, six or nine episodes we've done, we've never had a, a financial advisor on there, a financial planner, uh, and which is stupid because, as we said uh, uh, upstairs, that we are two sides of the same coin. It'd be silly not to have our brethren in and talk about what you do uh, with your clients, which is similar, but probably completely different in terms of what we do. So we'll get onto that in due course, um, David. But thank you for coming in. And just just talk through your career, if you want. I mean, what was your career progression? No one, no one wants to be a charter financial planner at 12, I'm guessing. No. <laughs> or ever. No. <laughs> um, I started out, I finished university, did a politics degree, which had absolutely no vocational use whatsoever. <laughs> so just not even politics. No, <laughs> no, I didn't. Well, no, I didn't want to do that. And you can't really. It's difficult to forge a career in that from mm. the outset. Uh, so I applied to um, lots of different investment banks because that's the highest paying role. That was my yeah. uh, incorrect logic because those <laughs> jobs are just impossible to get. Mm-hmm. So I wasted a lot of time applying for jobs that I didn't have a chance of getting, and then just started looking for jobs within financial services. Really. Um, for no particular reason, and ended up with a, an opportunity to work at the it, what, what, it was the FSA then. Um, oh, what, what what year would that have been then? Nineteen ninety nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think it was ninety eight, ninety nine. I was only at the FSA for a year, but that was doing the pension review and sort of the SIB mis-selling review when everyone, uh, when lots of people were recommended to transfer out of mm-hmm. um, high quality defined benefit schemes, including public sector schemes. Oh, it was a huge scam. So that was still a thing back then. I mean, I always thought that was a recent thing with the British Steel stuff, but it was been going on for a long time. Well, unfortunately, it's, it's exactly it's history repeating mm. itself, and it's it's happened for different reasons, but it's exactly the same problem. Same principle, yeah. Uh, it's 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 greed driving people to missell, mm-hmm. um, and 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 back then it was really commission. Mm. Um, now it's more about um, the sort of flexibility of the pension freedoms, but ultimately it's still funds under management mm-hmm. so um I, I i spent a year at the fsa but it was a really good start in, mm. it, it ended up being a very valuable thing to have done because uh, the fsa uh, nice lunches flexi time <laughs> <laughs> some things don't change yeah um it provided training with pwc like a six weeks intensive training course on pensions and you sat there thinking why do i need to know the mm. revaluation rules on a final salary scheme or the intricacies of the nhs pension scheme from from even then, mm. from ten years prior, mm-hmm. um, turns out that actually I use that like, all the time. All the time, no. yeah. It, literally doing a defined benefit transfer now. I mean, I'm looking back at those. Back then, you weren't you weren't thinking of being a financial planner. Black then, you were working for the F- FSA. No. So, you to doing something else, maybe at some yeah, point. Yeah. So, because it was um, a review of past business, it it, it always had a, 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 a finite time uh, lifespan because. 
once that review's finished and everyone's cases have been reviewed, I mean, they're still reviewing cases now, actually, 20 years later, but the, the, the vast majority of it was completed. Um, and so we were the guys that were working together were thinking we need to get qualified. So then, number one, you can earn more in the private sector. So then mm-hmm. you move out the FSA and everyone goes off to private, uh, to, to insurance companies and mm-hmm. firms that do the. So I moved, I moved to Canada Life, then Deloitte for, I was at Deloitte for quite a long time and ended up at Barclays. But during that period always doing the cii exams because we knew the end of what we were experts in was was coming yeah didn't think that would then transfer it you know our argument was always we don't have transferable skills no one needs to know this information once this review's finished but actually we did yeah you end up becoming a pension expert so yes that's what i i became chartered before i became a financial advisor so i i ended up um at barclays got my chartered status which was like 2007, I think, and then applied to become a financial advisor, having not advised any clients prior to that, even though I worked in that industry. Mm. So you, still, you, you got qualified, but you weren't still no. So did the other way around, advisor. rather right, than kind okay. of be getting That's a job. That's probably not a bad qualified. way to. It worked out into quite well. None, none of it was planned, but it was yeah. it worked quite well. So that's quite an interesting way of doing it as well. Yeah, because you're not also under pressure in the same way as you would have been. Because no. I, mean, I um, call it CF. Four out of five, I did, whilst I was working for an IFA practice. Mm. The idea was I joined them as a mortgage broker. The idea was I was going to progress into full financial advice at that point. But that during that process, I felt under more pressure because that that line of advice was being expected all the way through. Yeah. So there was heightened pressure during that learning sort of scope of it, whereas the opposite way around, I think, is probably yeah. the most sensible way of it being done. Yeah, because... Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily recommend someone does it like that because I was quite lucky with the role I got. They were willing to give me, throw me in at the deep end, which I wasn't comfortable with at the time, but actually looking back, it was a good thing. So all I had to focus on was how to translate all that technical knowledge I- into advising someone in real life. And the, yeah. the first few things, uh, cases you look at, you look at a pension, you think, I don't know which category this falls in because it's not called what it was called in yeah. the textbook. Yeah. But once you've once you've done that, yeah, you're right. I didn't have the pressure of trying to pass exams whilst trying to meet a target. Or, yeah, yeah. So that that that. And also, well. you're coming into the industry, uh, David, not not corrupted by the industry. Yeah, which I think is an issue we have. Is that yeah. we've, we've kind of it's still a relatively young industry. Yeah. We think about it. You know, maybe thirty years old. Proper financial planning, including broken mm. as well. Um, and then if you if you're doing your exams and you're seeing clients mm. and you're targeted along the way, you become. Yeah. You can become part of the problem, mm. whereas you're, you know, it's almost like you parachuted in, yeah, with a chartered um, qualification, yeah, and you can see things maybe slightly different yeah. from um, an outside perspective. Yeah, I think so, and I think a lot of financial advisors, at least of my age and, and older, a lot of them came from the industry already. So you might be, you know, like a broker consultant for an insurance company or a pension company. Mm-hmm. So you've already, you, in some ways, you may have already picked up this kind of product led. Yes, sales culture, which I didn't have. So again, yeah. that was. Lovely. And then likewise as well, you've got the context from the opposite side, from the regulation side, that you understand it whilst you're going into the advice side. Whereas, what you then have, for example, in our industry, is that you've got the two tier system of DA directly authorised versus a network yeah. sort of model, where people are prescribed to do things in a way that people think are what the regulator wants, but may not be directly. Mm. The, aim, the end game for the regulator sort of thing. So, so when, 
when did you become an IFA then? Was this 07? So, so yeah, 2007. Good timing. Charles became a... a <laughs> Because, yeah, I, I, create, I started you started crisis. Yeah, 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 we've, been, yeah. we've been looking for you, Doug, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was good timing. Um, so that was 2007, and then in 2000, end of 2012, start of 2013, uh, Peter Ruddy and I set up um, the Penny Ruddy in winter. So in yeah. January, it's 10 years old, and then we were able to kind of shape. And it was, well, the first day of the new business officially was the... F- the, the first day post RDR, second of January right. two thousand thirteen. Yeah. So that that was brilliant because we didn't have the legacy issues. We weren't having yeah. to move yeah. existing clients on commission agreements, and because every uh, new engagement letter, terms of business, whatever was yeah. change of agency yeah, was yeah, under yeah. RDR. It's funny because um, that was also, that was the first day I stopped becoming an IFA. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we the baton, right? <laughs> handed it over eventually. Thank God for that for everyone, including my clients. Um, but, but that's what I thought was interesting because I have been an IFA. I use that term loosely, uh, and this is one of the reasons why I thought it'd be good to have you on, um, David, just to talk about the evolution mm. of financial planning because it is no longer the product led kind yeah. of you know pull the string on the pit board and mm. talk about sales. You guys are doing it completely differently now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, peop- the advisors out there doing financial planning are doing it completely differently. I still think there's there's a there's a large section of the advice community might not be independent. It's, it's still kind of wedded to the are. old ways. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, for me, although I didn't sort of come from that background, it still it was still when I started. The vast majority of advisors were product led. Mm. You talked about funds. You picked your own funds. Everything was about which portfolio you should go into and there wasn't as much focus on you know if you separated out the investment like we do now and the mm-hmm. products and you think you know at the end of this this advice report we're going to do at the end of this long process we're going to take you through as a client we might not actually recommend mm. a product i mean normally we do but it is separate what well, that's not how we used to think so it took me a while as well to get to to, to get on board with um the idea of I don't want to say proper financial planning. <laughs> well, I think you should because <laughs> yeah. financial planning. I remember it, it used to be a two appointment process where yeah. the first appointment was the fact find and the second mm. appointment was the Delivery. presentation and, yeah. and, and the sign, sign up. The forms, at, at yeah. this, and often it might even be the same day. Yeah. Um, uh, I, uh, interesting. I still think a lot of clients actually expect that. Yes, probably, I think probably right. Previous experience. Yeah. Mm. And so when you're saying, let's, let's sort of not. Fast forward to that, we need to take a step back mm. and actually look at everything. Um, and people don't realise what, what they might, not, not doing wrong, but where... But they don't they know f- what they don't know, that's no. the thing. Yeah, so they're focusing on what, how should I change this pension plan or what funds should I be? And you think, well, that's actually the end mm. of the process. Mm-hmm. And it's not the thing that's going to make the massive amount of difference. Yeah, You know, whether, in your, whether you're in this balanced portfolio or this balanced fund or whether in this pension scheme or this pension scheme, is not the difference between having a successful retirement or not. The difference is, you know, how much money you put in, um, how much risk you take, mm-hmm. um, how much you draw down. You know, there's a whole load of other issues that relate to people's objectives that have got nothing to do with the last bit. Mm. And actually now, you know, you could, in lots of cases, put someone into a ready-made solution like um, there's lots of different multi-asset funds. I mean, lots of people talk about Vanguard, Life Strategy, lots of others. That is not the bit where the value is, because ultimately people will be able to just, if that's all you really want, mm. and I have to say this you to people, online, could you, you could actually go and do that yourself. And we do direct people to, um, I'm not a- advertising AJ mm. Bell, but sometimes <laughs> just AJ Bell or a another platform, 
um, here's a risk we'll risk profile you. We know what you're doing. Use this fund. You don't need us. You can go and do that yourself. Mm. Most people that come to us do need us because it's a lot more complex. So the difficulty is, isn't it? You've always got to then manage the the client expectation and also how engaged they are. Because the worst type of scenario normally for for any advisor, I think, is that if you get bombarded with, let's say, articles that they've seen in the press about something specifically, and it's like, well, yeah. can I have this? Can I do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then from that sort of perspective, then you're thinking, well, actually, it's not a simple yes or no answer. Mm. It's more complicated than yeah. that. I mean, even on something, and let's call mortgages basic, on a basic mortgage, there's still lending criteria that's got to be covered. There's still yeah. loan-to-value limits. There's age restrictions. Mm. There's the lot, isn't there? Yeah, and it's yeah. that's where I think kind of the role of an advisor, whatever specialism they've got, is to make it clear to clients that it's not as simple as an article may, may kind of put no. it forward. And actually, the, the point in that article might be largely irrelevant mm-hmm. to, you know, you could deal with that in five minutes. Yeah. Actually, there's a much bigger issue yeah. in that you're not doing any planning. You, you know, it, that often happens. People contact us over one specific issue or mm-hmm. question. The advice ends up being something completely different because, yeah, they've just picked it up, but it's a reason to... I can't remember if it was you, David, but I see, I see quite a few examples of this on Twitter whereby, uh, again, just taking it away from what used to be the product focus, whereby you've done something and created either a tax saving yeah. for a, quite a client, quite a considerable six-figure tax yeah, yeah, saving, yeah. or you prevented the loss of an estate somewhere by yeah, a proper yeah. trust. And stuff. That's That yeah. doesn't get shouted out enough, mm. I don't think, no. about what financial planners do. Yeah, and that, that I've ended up sort of carving out a bit of a niche in that, because I think what happens is you, I mean, it's not through me putting it on Twitter. There aren't enough people following it for that to make any difference. But it, some of it gets into the trade press mm. or, mm. The, or the mainstream press, actually. I, I was in uh, the FT a couple of weekends ago, and that has created a lot of interest. And I think once you start, you know, you've got a track record of being able to yeah. identify these issues and know how to solve them, then it then it starts to become what you're known for. What, what is that niche? Is it- uh, well, I would, I would have always said it was pensions um, of late, I was thinking about this when I was uh, before we came in. It's it's kind of it's just changed. I mean, it's, mm. and it's not really down to me. I don't do any advertising. It's just what mm. where it takes you. But at the moment, it's a lot of um, de- planning for death. Really, mm-hmm. you know, it sounds a bit morbid, but you know, people, <laughs> but that's you know, if you've got significant amount of wealth, mm. you can quite easily make a mistake. And the lifetime allowance on mm. pensions. I think those are the two main things yeah. where um, people are coming to us, and you know, you could be. And, and some of them are senior executives in FTSE 100 companies and be far more successful than I'll ever be and and know what they do. But the tiny niche that I know very well, they yeah. don't understand. And that's, well, that's what they're paying for, ultimately. We yeah. have that on our side, not quite the mm-hmm. same. But um, sometimes the ones that are highest paid and at the top of the tree know very little about some of the basic stuff yeah. that we take for granted. Mm. And, um, and but, don't spend any time on their own. No. Yeah, that's it. And they also are the ones as well who want that relationship with their advisor. Because for them, their time is their time, mm. and they'd rather engage with somebody who will actually guide them through it, yeah. rather than kind of and have that spare time for themselves. Yeah, because the hours they work and that I also think what you said earlier about Martin about they don't know what they don't know. Mm. That is definitely true. So when you can identify something, ah, there is. You know, it's it's more than about funds and just oh, I've got this pension scheme. It doesn't matter. I mean, being in the wrong pension scheme 
can cost you hundreds of thousands a- of pounds. A- a- absolutely, uh, or your family as well. Yeah, and I'm guessing will. that you know, there must be a great sense of goodwill that you feel from people sometimes. You know, mm. the old days, uh, there's your endowment, Mr. Yeah. Client, great. Would yeah. be. It'll be worth nothing, by the way, in 25 years' time. But, you know, people must walk away from you being very appreciative of the work that's been going on, whether that's a, a tax saving yeah. or, you know, um, death planning or anything like that or wealth creation. Yeah. Um, something that I never witnessed as an IFA. No. Because it was product driven. Yeah. And I think as well it's um it, it, it's it's sort of removing the problem that they thought was a huge problem has been simplified and, and sort of delegated mm-hmm. to someone else. I think that's so it might not be a huge you might not be able to say, by doing this I've yeah. saved you X but I've definitely been able to take away all that worry from you and you've mm. now got everything structured in a way and you know someone else is actually looking at the, the delivery aspect of it is key isn't it i had a conversation with somebody last week who got recommended to me completely out of my area in terms of physical area um but he said at the end of one conversation he learned more from that conversation than he had with three separate occasions when he used his broker in the past yeah when nothing nothing was explained to the level of detail I mean, it might have bored him to tears, but <laughs> yeah. he he ended it saying that he he felt he learned something, he understood it more yeah. as a result, mm. and that's the sort of the extra bits that we can add to it, I think, yeah, yeah, during those yeah. discussions. So there seems to be a good community of, of um, IFAs out there. I mean, I'm, I'm looking in via, via yeah. Twitter, but some good guys out there yeah. um, um, who I regularly uh, engage with. Um, what's the direction, do you think, for the industry going forward? Is it is it polarising to the, you know, the big... Um, St James's Place is a good example of a big yeah. uh, financial advice firm with lots of people in it, and you are a, a boutique IFA mm-hmm. firm. Um, where do you see? Or is there room for both? Yeah, yeah, I think there is room for both. I think what's happening is, is um, I mean, I'm not young, but there are still a lot of other advisors who are older than me, and so if you want an exit strategy mm-hmm. at, in your sixties, say, who's actually going to buy you? So the consolidation. Is happening so that, that we are becoming uh, more niche, or mm. there's, there's fewer of us because of consolidation. And most of the consolidation is happening with the big consolidators backed by private equity or the big national firms. Because mm. ultimately, if your business is worth seven figures, who's actually got that? You know, if you're in an ideal world, you yeah. want to yeah. um, almost merge with another similar like-minded mm. business, mm. which would be great, and it does happen. But I think that's quite hard to do, and a lot of those businesses don't actually have the access to capital to be able to make that happen. Mm. Whereas St James's Place do, um, these big consolidator big firms pockets. do, Quilter do. So um, I think that the 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 small, the lots of small firms like us out there um, are unlikely to go down that route mm. because if you're sort of doing things in the right way, you really would be contradicting almost everything you've ever said, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and selling your soul. But I think I see it as a positive, you know, because mm. we, but we've, we're only small. Our, our biggest issue is expansion and, and recruitment. Scaling up. Yeah, but there's no need for us to really do anything. We, you know, the, 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 the flow of new clients is not an issue. It's just keeping up with it in terms of, mm. but I think, I think that's the case across, I don't think most of the firms like us, what we should be doing, I don't have the answer to how you do this, but what we should be doing is working much more closely together, mm. which I do informally <clears throat> with four or five other. I can see that. I can see that again from yeah. from social uh, social media. Yeah. I think it's a great. It was, a, a, uh, it was Alex that came up with a question on on Friday about about first time bars and stamp duty, mm. and we forget in the toxic uh, toxic nature of Twitter. Mm. It, it actually is a very supportive platform. There's a lot yeah. of knowledge, a lot of mm. great ideas sharing, yeah. social mm. yeah. events. It's, off it's the been back brilliant for me. It, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it wasn't intentional. But it ended up being a really good way of building up a community, and ended up also get some um, 
People, you know, someone will go to another person on Twitter and say, do you know an IFA? And they, the person recommending me only knows me through Twitter. Yeah, um, yeah. It shows good. the strength of it all, doesn't it? That's yeah, the thing. And it, it shows as well with the, you can you can build a profile through the consistency of the, of the message that you have. You don't have to go, I mean, time and time again, you can see it more on LinkedIn now than Twitter, to be honest, when people go full sales pitch yeah. every day of the week. And it's just a case of, no, nah, that isn't really going to, no. no, people need to know about you. You, yeah. Well, it goes back to, I mentioned this in the last podcast, but authenticity. Yeah. You've got to be genuine, got to be, appear to be genuine, mm. uh, come across as honest, mm. but also don't always take yourself too seriously and, mm. and show there's another side yeah. to you as a human being. Mm. I think you crack that and, yeah. you know, I think that's 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 probably marketing in a in a, in a kind of nutshell. Um, coming to the end, David, do you want to do a little quick plug for your business? I mean, we don't mind that. We're always very supportive of other businesses. I mean, where can people find you on social media? Um, or Twitter? So I'm on Twitter, which is at David Penny PRW and our company website is pennyruddywinter.co.uk Penny is EY and um, and what's your niche again you just I mean you're not taking people looking for 30 pound savings plans anymore like I was no I mean um, without having said everything about not focusing on products I'm then going to say but like I think our average uh, is, is about a million of asset under management yeah and that's a lot of that is because it's people in retirement so we're not just focusing on people who who, who are at retirement age, but it just tends to be where a lot of the work mm-hmm. comes from. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, our, our niche is, is is retirement planning, financial planning. We we kind of do everything. Yeah, it's just we ended up with it with a niche at the moment. Yeah. It's more high net worth people with uh, issues around uh, what they should be doing in terms of inheritance tax, mm-hmm. pensions, how to structure everything. Um, so yeah, it's quite difficult. I mean, we're not a firm that would want calls. You know, we've never. I don't yeah, do any don't lead it. generation yeah. type thing. Um, but I, but I would want to plug if anyone wants to speak to me generally about what we do in the industry. I'm happy to talk to. That's what, that's what we're here yeah, for. Yeah. It's yeah. a very open, collaborative uh, podcast. Um, uh, and we'll end that with our our favourite question, David, about a dinner party. You got four yeah. people. You got four guests. Two dead. Two alive. Who are you inviting? I gave this way too much thought. <laughs> <laughs> this, hang on, this is all I think about. <laughs> <laughs> and and then all I could think of was cliches. Well, uh, we like cliches. Then I thought, right, right. If, we, if we go for dead, there, there aren't that many living comedians that really make me laugh yeah. as much as some, and, and that's probably because I'm old, but <laughs> Peter Cook, 100%. Peter Cook, you can't go wrong with that. That would be intellectual person. and funny. Yeah, yeah, absolutely hilarious, and yes, very interesting. Sort of person you want at a dinner party, yeah. drinking with you. Um, Robin Williams. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Also, you know, comes across to me as someone who's probably always like that. That's not a comedy. I don't, I don't think there's an off button. I read a book about him about a, a year or two ago, and I, I don't. that's probably what yeah. got him in the end. There was no off button. No. And um, yeah. there are people like that. Mm. Uh, living. Um, Arsene Wenger, which <sighs> I, just, I just always wanted that's to meet him. Uh, you know, if, obviously, the last... Last the last ten fifteen years of his reign, yes, it, it, but I wanted him out as well. But if you actually look <laughs> to what he did and the legacy that he left, yeah, it's incredible. Well, imagine if he wasn't up against Ferguson, you know, yeah. You'd, yeah. he'd have won a lot more. Yeah, a bit but like Klopp and Guardiola. It cha- cha- changed the Premier League, really. Mm. I think uh, very much so. Yeah, um, and who was the other living one? Um, Barack Obama. Oh, okay, mm. well, I don't think we had Barack before. Who I think oh. is. A slightly wasted opportunity there. Mm. I don't think he was able to do everything he wanted to do, but I can't think of many other politicians like him in the modern era. He actually had 
some gravitas. An ideology yeah. of plan, a view. Yeah. But I think he was held back in implementing a lot of what mm. he... So I don't think he achieved as much as he... Uh, I hope he would, but as a person, I think it's very interesting. I think also, I think you look around what's what's come since, you look back and think that was... Yeah. You know. Well, to be honest, it's, it's the statesman-like presence, yeah. isn't it, in terms yeah. of very much the, so. how he helped Proper world leader as well, which I do yeah. think we're struggling a little bit at the moment to try and find equivalents. Yeah. And through the period that he was president, a lot of interesting stuff happened. So, yeah. Well, good. We, we condone all those choices, <laughs> even Arsene Wenger. <laughs> uh, but look, David, thanks very much for coming today. I really appreciate that. Um, it's always good to see what other professionals are doing in our industry, even though it's slightly different. Uh, if you do recruit and you want someone with FPC 1, 2 and 3, I am available. Um, but look, thank you very much for your time today. I really no, appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. Cheers. No, that's great. Thank you, David. So that's the end of episode 69 then, Martin. Yeah, you can. On to the next one. So then, um, if you'd like to also appear on the podcast, you can do so. All you need to do is just to contact us through our Twitter feed, which is at the LM Experience, and we can uh, look forward to hosting you in our studios very, very soon. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe and follow us on Twitter. And remember, there ain't no party like a highly regulated mortgage party, and your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on a mortgage or any other debt secured on it. Mm-hmm.